day, everyone. This is Dr. Steve LaTulip. I thank you so much today for joining me on Unity Without Compromise. We have begun the new year. It's in progress, and here we go. My goal for this entire year is to continue ever more fervently on a mission for truth, seeking full honesty, hoping to expose fallacies wherever they may be found. Now, sometimes that can be a real challenge for people because what happens when there are fallacies reported among conservatives, among people that we cherish and people that we like? It's a very hard thing to do because nobody wants to hurt anybody's feelings and nobody wants to alienate anyone. And I assure you fully that I am in that same camp. I do not like to offend anyone. I do not like to make enemies. I don't like being hated. Let's face it. We are all human and being accepted by people is kind of an important thing to almost all of us, right? Unless you're a, a devout, committed hermit, it feels good to be welcomed. That's why the family is so important. And you're probably wondering why I am prepping you in this way. The reason is this. I want to discuss kind of a controversial issue today. And whenever there is something of controversy, there is a risk of making enemies and of getting people angry with you. And I'm okay with that, really, because I think that we have to understand that if our mission in life really is to seek the truth and to stand before God one day and say, Lord, I tried to speak your word truthfully. I tried to maintain my personal integrity by striving to be honest in all my dealings, then I think that has to take priority over anything and everything imaginable. And so I lay that out before you today because I just want you to understand where I am coming from. Integrity is very, very important. And it is very important to understand and be able to recognize deception when it is presented before us. It's important to expose lies, and it's important to really expose even what we might call half-truths, which means, okay, th there's some substance to what is being said, but is it really true, or is it a distortion? And it's very important if we want to maintain our integrity to call out hypocrisy. And the need for that cannot be overstated, especially in our present world, in our propaganda world. Remember, since this whole COVID-19 pandemic began, they lied to us. They continue to lie to us. And if you just heard Jill Biden's uh, New Year's wish to everyone, her, her encouragement was to get the vaccine, right? Now, they will continue to lie to us. You should not get the vaccine. It is toxic. It is dangerous. It has so many adverse effects. But that's just one example of, uh, of being lied to and being pushed by propaganda. And we have to be calling this out con constantly. And we have to be honest with ourselves. 
we have been fed some lies from both sides. And let's face that, okay? We are not perfect people. Both the conservatives and the liberals or the left have been deceptive in some ways. We get the lies from both sides of the opposing teams. And if we want to maintain integrity, we have to be completely honest with this. Remember that when we are lied to, the deception is almost always intentional, but not always. And we have to also remember that truth can be stated from both sides as well. Remember that when the serpent deceived Eve and Eve deceived Adam in taking that forbidden fruit in the Garden of Eden, there was deception that was intermingled with some truths. And that's the way it always is. If you want to be a good deceiver, a good propagandist, you're going to throw out a significant amount of truth and then throw a hook in there of deception to try to win people over to swallow the lie. On the other hand, there are also some lesser truths. And I believe that a lot of times the left will throw at us a lesser truth. In other words, if if Joe Biden was to be able to deduce in his in his compromised brain and say to us that the sky is blue, um, you probably wouldn't argue with him. You'd say, look up and see a blue sky and say, yeah, the sky is blue. And that's a debatable issue, by the way. But, you know, what's What's so significant about that, right? Okay, the sky is blue. It's a lesser truth. So whether it is really blue or violet or some other variance, and it depends on the time of day, depends on the situation, on where the sun is lying in the sky and so forth. Um, it doesn't really matter because it's a lesser truth. In other words, what significance does that have for us? What is going to change our lives or influence us for good or for bad based on some lesser truth like the sky is blue. It's just not going to matter. Another lesser truth might be the statement that inflation this year in 2023 is likely to get worse. I think that things probably will get worse. And that too is a lesser truth, although it might influence us a little bit. It's not something that causes us to feel anger and hatred and bitterness toward somebody, except perhaps the Biden administration, um, because they are making our lives harder. But, you know, it's not a hateful statement in and of itself when you say that inflation is going to get worse. So that, too, might be considered a lesser truth. But... Um, in those things, there's really no big threat to us. That's, that's the important thing of a lesser truth. But what about the weightier matters, the things that we can be directly influenced by when truths are stated to us in such a way that they affect what we believe our core values, our most important um, heartfelt feelings and emotions when somebody slaps you in the face with a truth that defies what you believe to be true, now that is a whole different story. It is extremely hard to face such truths squarely. 
okay? And it takes a real heart of integrity to at least keep an open mind and evaluate that truth. Now, I think I'm preparing you sufficiently for what is coming ahead because I want to evaluate today a statement made by Benjamin Netanyahu. And he uh, made a declaration based on a decision. And in order for us to really evaluate the situation and come out with an honest conclusion about the matter, we have to look at ourselves and say, okay, am I going to be open and honest about this? Am I going to be fair? I mean, imagine yourself being a judge in a court of law, trying to get at the truth of a matter. Now, it takes a higher level of existence, a higher road to be able to do that. And it's not easy for any of us, let me tell you, especially when it is not a lesser truth, but a truth that is going to strike us in the core of our being, perhaps. And I think that I'm probably going to speak about a lot of such things in the coming year, because I think that we have to reevaluate ourselves, reevaluate everything that we've been told, because nobody seems to know what is truth anymore, and nobody seems to trust anybody. And if we have no ability to reason and think clearly without biases, then how are we ever going to discern the truth? And I say that because it, there is going to be an awful lot of deception coming at us. Remember that throughout the past uh, year and a half since I've been doing this radio show, actually a little longer than that, I've been telling you that the left, uh, which I believe very much has a lot to do with the globalist agenda, with a communist um, strategy to overtake not just America, but the entire world, to take the world captive and enslave all of us, it's going to take a lot of deception. And the problem that the left has, and specifically that the Democrats or self-proclaimed Democrats, who are really communists, but um, the Democrats are, have a limited amount of time. They have an opportunity and just a limited window of opportunity to overtake America. And I fully believe that they have every intention of doing that. And so they are going to throw an awful lot more at us. Now, we've been hit pretty hard in just about every way imaginable, but we haven't seen the worst yet. And I think it is going to continue to escalate all the way through to the 2024 election. And that is if we even see a 2024 election, because I'm not convinced that that will even be the case because of the current scenario. We see what's happened in Arizona. Kerry Lake absolutely won the governorship election in Arizona, but that was stolen from her. And as her opponent, Katie Hobbs, is being sworn in, um, she literally makes a joke about following the Constitution. She laughs at it. Because the left, the Democrats, have completely 
completely shelved the Constitution. It has no basis in their decision-making. They have no loyalty to the Constitution, and they will continue to lie to us and to deceive us, making us think that we are still living in a free republic based on the standard of our land, which has been the Constitution of the United States. Please understand that is long gone. The Constitution has no basis for any leftist decision-making. That includes the Democrats, and that includes, includes the many winos that are presently infiltrating our government and destroying America. And they are doing a superb job at it because we have allowed it to happen. And so I just want us to think about where we are right now as we go forward. And my intent today is to just sharpen your brains a little bit. You know, the brain is an absolutely fascinating organ that God has given us that has elevated us above all of the animal kingdom. We can reason, we can think, we can prepare for the future, and it's not through instinct, it's through thinking. In the book of Ecclesiastes, we are told that God has put eternity in our hearts so that we can think beyond our own lives and think about a future life beyond the life that we have right now. And that's no accident. That is a gift bestowed to us by God because God created us in his image. So the Bible says, and so I would challenge you today to try to erase in your mind any, any evidence of bias. Try to think with a completely open mind as I discuss with you today what I think is a very important concept because I think this is just a classic opportunity to expose how even our own allies and our own kind, meaning conservatives, uh, can possibly be manipulative and deceiving and maybe even be unintentionally wrong, okay? And if we are wrong in our thinking, then we need to acknowledge, okay, I am wrong. I made a mistake. No problem. Um, I can admit that and go on because to err is human. So if I make a mistake today, please be gracious, be merciful, mercy triumphs over judgment, and don't be afraid to correct me, but do it with facts, do it with evidence, okay, and do it with integrity of heart, because I respect that. We are, are told to reason together. To In scripture, we are told to evaluate things honestly, to search out the scriptures to see if things are true or not. And that's called being a Berean because that is what the Berean Christians were doing. They were, as they were hearing the message spoke to them, they wanted to know, is this true or not? And so they were searching out the scriptures. And I will ask you to do that today. So the issue comes up with Benjamin Netanyahu. He is Israel's newly reelected prime minister, just um, resumed his power as the prime minister and he is already confronted with something that has greatly upset him, uh, and it pertains to the United Nations General Assembly, where they decided to ask the International Court of Justice to provide an opinion 
on the legal consequences of Israel's occupation of the Palestinian territories. Now, since Israel has become a state, they have taken over a certain part of the land, but it was not the entire territory that Israel once had when they were given the promised land, which includes the West Bank and even some territories to the east uh, of the West Bank on the other side of the Jordan. So this is really an an, an issue with Prime Minister Netanyahu. And he actually has stated as, as has the government of Israel, that they have full intention to expand their territory and make that a priority um, to hopefully cast out the Palestinians and to take control of the West Bank and perhaps some other territories. Now, that's a pretty serious issue if you are one of those other people in the surrounding areas uh, where Israel does not currently own. Uh, If you're going to be kicked out of your homeland, you know, that has serious consequences. And so when the United Nations General Assembly went uh, to vote, the Palestinians very much welcomed the UN vote because it sided in their favor. The court, um, the international court, actually voted in favor of the Palestinians. And it went like this, 87 members of that court voted in favor of adopting the request to hold Israel accountable for their aggression. Okay. And the United States and 24 other states voted against it. So you have 87 members of that court voting in favor of adopting the request to censor Israel in their aggression, the United States, as well as 24 other members voted against it, and a whole whopping 53 members abstained completely. They didn't go vote one way or the other. I thought that was kind of interesting, but even if you took all those votes of 53 votes of people who abstained and add them to the 25 other votes, you have uh, 25 and 53, which is uh, 78 votes, still the members would have voted in favor of the Palestinians and against Israel's declaration of claiming right to, uh, to expansion in those territories that they wish to seek. And Netanyahu made it very, very clear that he wants to annex the West Bank land on which they are cur- were currently built, or at least historically. Netanyahu said that the Jewish people are not occupiers in their own land, nor occupiers in, quote, our eternal capital, Jerusalem. And he says, no United Nations resolution can distort that historical truth. Now, there it is good people. There it is. Netanyahu said that we are not occupiers, the Israelites, because historically we were here. And he calls the eternal capital city, Jerusalem, their land. What does he mean by an eternal capital city? See, he's appealing to the International Court of Justice for a legal decision on Israel's occupation of a current 
Palestinian territory. That's pretty significant. And Netanyahu called the decision despicable, and he vowed to not abide by it. We also see that along with Gaza and Eastern Jerusalem, the Palestinians do seek to fully occupy the West Bank as their state. So most countries are considering uh, Israel's declaration to settle in the West Bank illegal. They say they have no right to it. They do not own that territory now. And Netanyahu says, wait a minute, we have a right to it because we historically were there before and we have biblical ties to the land. Okay, do you get that? So he's calling the capital city of Jerusalem an eternal capital city that belongs to Israel. And then he claims that we still own the West Bank because long ago, historically, and in the Bible, it says that we owned that land. So there's proof that that now belongs to us. Okay, now that probably sounds pretty reasonable to a lot of you people. And many Christians who love Israel would say, yeah, they have a right to it. Absolutely. They're God's people, right? All right, so let's discuss that. But before we get to that, I want to really have you think about the truth of Netanyahu's claims. And we have to ask ourselves, what is truth here? Remember that the vote went strongly in favor of the Palestinians. Now, if you are trying to act like an unbiased and fair, good judge with full integrity, what are you going to decide? What is your opinion of the judgment from this international court of justice? Were they correct in siding with the Palestinians or not? Or was Netanyahu the prime minister of an historically strong ally of the United States? Are we going to side with them because they are our allies? Or are we going to decide otherwise? Because the world court sided against Israel. And the world court, by the way, is reportedly the top United Nations court that deals with issues between the states. When two states, nation states, have disputes, then the United Nations uh, intervenes and says, we will make a declaration through the International Court of Justice, although the International Court of Justice has no power to actually enforce their decisions. All right. So, Let's assume that we are going to be completely honest and have full integrity and say we want to make a just and fair decision. Now, in order to do that, we've got to sort through a lot of baggage and we have to look back in history and learn some lessons from history. And and that's challenging for us because We might not like every lesson in history, but if you flip the coin, you might see, hmm, maybe we need to reconsider some things. And I'm speaking vaguely now, but let me just get to the point. Now, let's just think for a moment 
about the historical, quote, rules of conquest, okay? When an invader takes over a land, they claim right to that territory, to the possessions, they call it the booty. They take whatever they want because they are the victors in a war. They have conquered a land, they have taken it over, and they now say, this is ours. Now, let's remember that originally the Israelites conquered the promised land of Canaan, but it was at God's injunction to do so. God said, do it, and I will be with you. So the Israelites were conquerors, and when they conquered that land, they took it over and they enslaved the people, except that they didn't actually follow all of God's instructions. So not everybody was defeated, wiped out, as God said, in some cases, and they compromised. And so they paid a price for that. And God makes that very clear throughout the Old Testament. But they were conquerors approved by God, okay? And who's going to argue with God? I am not. But Let's remember that they were conquerors and the conquest means that they were going to institute a theocracy because God was ruling over the Israelite people. And as long as they followed God and obeyed God, things went very, very well for the Israelis. So when we consider the current issue that Netanyahu has raised about the eternal capital city, and the fact that because we historically owned this promised land, uh, the land of Canaan, and we have biblical ties to that land, then we ought to be the rightful owners of it right now. And we are insisting on that, says Netanyahu. And I think that he is fully hoping to get the full support of the American people. And he did get America's votes with the United Nations, as well as 24 others. So, He's got some support for that. But let's take a look at another conquest. What happened when the Virginia colony was established and they came to the United States uh, to a new land and then the 13 colonies were formed and all of a sudden, what did we do? Well, I would say the greatest impetus for those traveling to the Americas was to um, prosper, to, it was economical. They, we wanted to, they wanted to find some, some great new gains, some new riches. They were hoping to find gold all over the land, you know, just sitting there on top of the soil, ready for the picking. And the lesser claim, according to history, was that they wanted to convert the inhabitants of that land, the indigenous population, what we now call the Native Americans. And when that happened, well, expansion continued all the way across America, and there were fights between the Native Americans, the American Indians, and ultimately they were put on reservations. Now, was that aggression justified in any way? Because if it wasn't, then would you say that the United States of America, the nation, are we legitimate or were we just aggressors who should be brought 
to the International Court of Justice, right? See, it's a little bit different. And what about the annexation of Texas in 1845 when Texas declared its independence from Mexico in 1836? There was a fight for the state or the territory of Texas. And Texas was annexed to the United States in 1845. Remember the Alamo. There was a fight for that land. The United States ultimately won that land. And today we have the proud state of Texas, right? The state that declares its independence perhaps more than any other state. If you're a Texan man, you are a freedom lover. You are an independent. And the Texans would gladly nowadays even declare themselves to be an independent country because that's how independent they are. But the state of Texas was annexed because of United States aggression. It once belonged to the Republic of Mexico. So what are the rules of conquest? Well, we took over the state of Texas. We made it our territory and the laws of America now apply fully to the state of Texas. Mexico lost all jurisdiction, all authority over Texas. And the conquest of California in 1846 and 1847, was that not a similar thing? We took over the state of California and it became American territory. We fought for it. We sought to purchase it. Mexico did not want to sell it. And so we took it. And California became a state of the United States of America. So Historically, when we look at the rules of conquest, then those rules apply and they have applied to every aggressor who has taken over other territory. I mean, look back at the maps of the world historically and notice how the names of, of turf has changed, how countries have swapped hands, how territorial borders have expanded and shrunk and so forth because of aggressors winning in battles. Now, whether that's right or wrong, you know, I, I'm not dealing with the, the moral issue of that. I'm just stating a fact that this is the rules of the land and America has participated in that like every other country. So we are not innocent in that regard. Okay. So we've got to think bigger, We've got to grab the big picture here and ask ourselves what's really going on and then make a decision about what is right before God. I'm going to take a short break and we'll come back and discuss actually the fate of Israel and how it applies in the present day. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, 
it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. While many things we hear are lies, we know one thing is true. Viruses exist and people get sick. Look, there's no guaranteed way to keep from getting sick, but there is a way to reduce your chances. Cofix RX, the original povidone iodine-based antiviral nasal spray that you hear Dr. McCullough talking about, provides an additional invisible layer of protection from colds, flu, coronaviruses, and more. Click the banner ad on americaoutloud.com and use promo code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Stay protected with Cofix RX. The spirit of American liberty and justice is woven into the soul of America Out Loud. We are the voice of a nation, the American nation that is. This is Malcolm Out Loud. I invite you back to AmericaOutloud.com, where the fight for liberty and justice continues. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code out loud. Welcome back to Unity Without Compromise. This is Dr. Steve Latula. Today I am talking to you about integrity, and that will be my theme this year. You can listen to my radio show at 12 and 5 Eastern Time on Saturdays and Sundays, and then my show goes to podcast you can go to unity without compromise uh, correction you can go to americaoutloud.com and access my podcasts my articles that i write uh, at least one or two a week and hopefully um, you will gather some truth there and please do look at uh, other articles other radio broadcasts that uh, that show up on that website because we have a team of good conservatives, of people who are seeking the truth. None of us are perfect, but we are seeking truth before God. And we are seeking to save America for what it's worth. Today, I have been discussing the importance of integrity. And specifically, I want us to evaluate Netanyahu's claim to the eternal capital, Jerusalem, as well as to the historical and biblical claims that Israel says that they have because they were once invaders of the promised land, of the land of Canaan. We've talked a little bit about the historical rules of conquest, and, you know, the rules, we like to say that the rules apply when they favor us. But what happens when they don't favor us? What if we were invaded by Mexico and they actually decided to take back Texas 
or New Mexico or California. How would we feel about that? I think we would jump and say, no, that's not fair. We own that territory. You can't have it. And the fight would be on, right? Now, we might win because we are the more powerful nation today. But don't think that that cannot change. The rules of conquest historically have played out to favor the one who wins the battle. Now, there is a battle going on for America. There is a world battle going on. And at its core, of course, is a spiritual battle between good and evil. Now, that is not a tipping of the scales of justice, because remember that evil, as opposed to the goodness of God, is way out of balance. There is no way that the Lord is going to lose the battle, and he tells us that in the great book of Revelation. But here comes the real clincher for us and the challenge for us. What is to be the fate of Israel? Is Benjamin Netanyahu correct in stating that Israel owns the capital of Jerusalem eternally and because Israel once did own the promised land via the 12 tribes of Israel, do they now have claim to it again? And should they invade the West Bank? Should they expand their territories and claim that they are the rightful owners? And should we agree with them? Well, it depends on who Israel really is. And this is a real dilemma for many of you, because I would say most Christians in America, with our American brand of Christianity, you would probably be, be saying that Israel is the Lord's chosen people. And I would challenge you to think this through clearly, because there is absolutely no doubt that Israel was the Lord's chosen people for a specific purpose. But are they still his people? Are they separate? Are they distinct from every other nation today? That's the question. Now, the Bible answers this question absolutely very clearly beyond any doubt. Who are the Jews today? Well, first of all, we don't even know that the Jews have any pure bloodlines, right? Because they were carried away in the Assyrian exile and in the Babylonian exile. And there were those who remained behind and uh, mixed blood. And those are the Samaritans. That, and when they were carried off into these other lands, they intermarried. So truthfully, a Jew cannot claim beyond any doubt that they are pure bloods as far as being pure Israeli bloodlines. They just can't do that. So what is the fate of Israel? Well, you know, already some of you are probably thinking that I am about to commit uh, a her heresy because uh, it sounds like I am playing down the importance of Israel. Well, let me state this very clearly. Israel, as an American ally, is extremely important to us 
because there they are in the Eastern territories among a whole bunch of radical Islamic countries. And they think like we do as far as freedom goes, as far as Old Testament biblical principles go, at least in principle. They are an extremely important ally. And I am very happy to call them our allies because we have similar ideas about liberty and about the rule of of the land. We claim to bow a knee to the same God, although they reject Jesus Christ, the Israelites do. So they are very important as an American ally, and I will not play that down at all because they are a a bright spot in the darkness over there where we have a lot of really radical Islamic teachings where women are treated no better than animals, where children are considered property as well, where opportunity does not abound if you are the wrong sex. And that is a travesty that we must never, never support. But what is the fate of Israel? Well, let me just tell you this. When you're trying to answer the question, who is Israel, you have to read the book of Romans and the first three chapters. Now, the book of Romans was written by the Apostle Paul, and he was writing out in written form the gospel message to the Roman population because he couldn't get to Rome. He couldn't get there to Italy, and so he spelled it out in words for them. And so when the book of Romans was written in the Greek, in the Koine Greek, it was a message of salvation to Rome. And in Romans, the first three chapters, and I would please encourage you to read all three chapters in their entirety to really get a handle on this, because the first three chapters are a leveler of all races, all people. And when we want to look at the Bible, it is very important, and I want to encourage you, be very careful to not distort biblical truth. And the corollary of that is when you are seeking truth, there is no need to fear it. Some of you have been taught a lot of things pertaining to the Jews and the Jewish nation today that perhaps are not biblical. And so just please think this through with an open mind. If I go to Romans chapter 2, I'll just kind of jump in the middle of that. Romans chapter 2 and verse 11, it says, for there is no partiality with God. And we are told that as many as have sinned without law will also perish without law. And as many as have sinned in the law will be judged by the law, okay, which means that when the Gentiles don't have the law, we are judged according to the things in the law, the nature of the things in the law, because God has given us a conscience. And so whether we have the law or don't have the law, we are all guilty because the law taught us that nobody can justly and rightly follow the law at all all times. It just doesn't happen. It is never going to happen. The law was simply our tutor to show us that 
we can not follow the law. And therefore, anyone who thinks that they can earn their way to heaven is lost. That is simply not true. We all need a savior. And that is the whole intent of the first three chapters uh, chapters of Romans. Uh, It is a testimony that the Gentiles, meaning non-Jews, are all guilty, but the Jews with their law, if they are counting on the law to save them just because they are Jews, and I'm talking the Jewish race, they are deceived because there is no partiality with God. It says, for when Gentiles do not have the law, by nature do the things in the law, these, although not having the law, are a law to themselves, who show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, and between themselves their thoughts accusing or else excusing them in the day when God will judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ, according to my gospel, Paul says. So therefore, we need to realize that, as it says in chapter 2 of Romans, verse 29, he is a Jew who is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart. Okay, so and outwardly being a Jew, claiming to be a Jew by race, that means nothing. The Bible clearly points out here that I am a Jew inwardly, And my circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit, not in the letter, whose praise is not from men, but from God. So what advantage then does the Jew have? Well, they were were given and committed to carrying the oracles of God. The scribes wrote down the words of the prophets and so forth. And that was a purpose assigned to them by God. But God did not choose them because they were so special. In fact, so many times the Bible called the Jews a stiff-necked people who constantly rebelled. Remember, of all the millions of Jews that wandered in the desert, for 40 years, all but two of them died in the wilderness because of their unfaithfulness to God. Only Joshua and Caleb entered the promised land and conquered it. Even Moses did not make it to the promised land. So what advantage is there of being a Jew with regard to salvation? Absolutely none. And I say that because of what we are told. Go to Romans 3, 23 and 24. What does it say? For all, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Guess what? The non-Jews and the Jews both need a savior, and that savior is Jesus Christ. If either a non-Jew or a Jew does not recognize Christ as Savior, and does not submit to God that is coming into the blood of uh, the contact with the blood of Jesus Christ, they are not saved, Jew or non-Jew. That is what the Bible says. And when you talk about an eternal Jerusalem being a city in the land of Canaan, the old land of Canaan, 
Um, no, that is not what the Bible says. And if you go to the book of Hebrews, go, go to the 11th chapter of Hebrews, which is called the great faith chapter. We, we see in the, the first verse of Hebrews 11, a definition of what faith is. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So it describes what faith is there. And it says also in verse six, that without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And then we hear from the author of Hebrews that by faith, Abraham did this or that. By faith, Sarah did this. And we see all these examples of Jacob and Moses and other people uh, obeying God in faith because they believed God to be true. And there is a reference in Hebrews 11, to a heavenly Jerusalem. Hebrews 11, uh, chapter 11, verse 22 and 23 says, By faith, Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the departure of children of Israel and gave instructions concerning his bone. And it says, By faith, Moses did this and Moses did that. Now, that's pretty important because we see that the great people of the Old Testament were saved in the same way that we are saved in the New Testament, even though we have a new covenant. But there is a reference to a homeland. It says in chapter 11, verse 16 of Hebrews, but now they desire a better that is a heavenly country. And therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God for he has prepared a city for them. And guess what that city is? Well, it is a reference to their true homeland, to a heavenly Jerusalem. Now, if you're still doubting that, go to the book of Revelation uh, in chapter 21, in verse 2, John says, Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. Now, that's not the Jerusalem that exists in the earth today. He says, The holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And the bride is the church. The Christians, and we're not talking about the visible church, we're talking about genuine Christians, the real church, those who put their faith in Christ and did things God's way. And they are going to be the ones who inherit the new Jerusalem, the true homeland that we are seeking. And that's really important to understand. It says in verse 7 of, Hebrew, of Revelation 21, He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. And then John states in verse 10, And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. 
And that's so important for us to understand that it makes no sense whatsoever that there will be a new Jerusalem with a restoration of the Jewish temple. Why? So that they can sacrifice animals, shed the blood of, of goats and cattle, cows and bulls and pigs. Well, no, it wouldn't be pigs because pigs are unclean, right? Well, that's all gone. It is all gone because the blood of the sacrificial perfect lamb, Jesus Christ, has been shed once for all, for all sinners, for all sin, past, present, and future. So the bottom line is, according to the Bible, there is absolutely no distinction whatsoever between Jews and non-Jews. Galatians 3, 28 and 29 says, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, Get this, if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Abraham's seed are the promise of Abraham and the Abrahamic covenant. Go to Colossians chapter 3, verse 11. You read the same thing. There is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all and in all. In other words, he who will be saved and have eternal life is going to be saved through the blood of Christ, through God's salvation. So what do we conclude? Well, this, if America is somehow going to be salvaged, it will be only because we have turned back to God to the God of the Bible and turn back in good faith. Benjamin Netanyahu is wrong on two counts. First, in his claim of rights to an eternal capital city of Jerusalem, because that eternal capital will come from heaven, God says. And Netanyahu is wrong in his view that Israel's historical and biblical ties to the land justify any future conquests of Israel. I'm sorry. That is not a biblical teaching whatsoever. Israel is another nation today like any other nation, needing the mercy of God for salvation, for their own salvation. Think about it. How would this differ from Russia's aggression toward Ukraine, right? Russia is getting hammered because they are the aggressor. Would we justify Israel to be the aggressor, to state claim to land that was formerly theirs? Couldn't Russia say the same thing with the Soviet Union? And what if the Republic of Mexico suddenly invaded Texas, suddenly invaded New Mexico or California? Would we say, oh, that's okay. They have a right to it because they once owned it before. Now, this is the kind of stuff we have to get serious about thinking about if we are going to discern truth. Now, Israel is certainly is an important ally, no doubt about that. And I fully do support Israel as such, as an ally, as a defender of freedom, absolutely. But let's be honest, 
let's be fair and let's be just as we evaluate these things. And let's not even allow ourselves or our allies to deceive us and one another and even themselves. And most importantly, let's interpret scripture with integrity and not change things to suit our own fancy. Remember that God has called us to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with God. And this is exactly what God requires of us. This could actually make America great again. So as I proceed forth in the next coming year, my goal is to speak completely honestly to get you and me to think with a clear mind, to get rid of the cobwebs, because we have been so cobwebbed up with all the deception that we have to think for ourselves. That's the only way we are going to get at the truth. So let's interpret scripture with integrity and not change things just because we feel uncomfortable with the truth. And let's seek to be fully honest in our interpretation of whatever claims are made. Because when we do that, we are going to contend for the truth and we will speak it with full integrity. And that is exactly what made America great in the first place. And I believe that we can do it again. Shall we? You've been listening to Unity Without Compromise. This is Dr. Steve LaTulip. I will talk to you again next week. Adieu.